Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Yeah, um, so I'm not a dancer, but in order to get through to the singing calls or whatever, you had to dance. And I'm wearing these jazz shoes that are basically rubber. Um, and then the dance floor is basically rubber, right? Um because it's the, like in the back of a theater somewhere. This isn't like a dance studio, right? <laughs> um, and I don't know how to turn and where to put my body weight and all that stuff. But I was giving her because I was like, I'm going to be in Chicago, right? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and then I did this like twist thing. And then my kneecap went to the other side of my leg. Like it like dislocated, a dislocated kneecap. I don't know. But it like hopped out and went to the other side of my leg. So then when I went to like kick my other leg forward, it just didn't move. So I fell and I was like, what happened? And I looked down, I don't have a kneecap. And I was like, what is going on? And everybody's like, oh my God, stop. Hello world and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. If this is your first time tuning in, this is the show where I speak to fellow actors about their journey in the industry and I make them share a couple bad audition stories with me. If you're not following the show on social media, check out the show notes for links to that. You can also check out our Patreon so you can see these interviews uh, in video format. Today on the show, we have a fantastic actor. You may remember him from the Hallmark film Boyfriends of Christmas Past. He was on Sex Life, Star Trek. He is currently starring in the brand new Netflix series Glamorous, which is out today, June 22nd. Here is my conversation with Graham Parkhurst. And welcome to the show, Graham. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. I'm super excited to talk to you today. You got some really cool things happening, which is really fun. Um, but the first thing I always love to start with is asking you why you wanted to become an actor. Oh, boy. <laughs> that can get too existential, I think. But uh, I think that changes over the years. Um I wanted to be an actor when I was younger. I, I just had all this pent up energy. Yeah. I didn't really know how to use it. You know, the rest of my family, they're like low key, don't want to be part of it at all. <laughs> um, I don't know. I remember watching Home Alone when I was like two or three years old. And I was like, oh, yeah, like I'm going to be Kevin McAllister. <laughs> nice. Um, 
Yeah, but then, you know, it's changed over the years. Uh, sometimes when I've wanted to quit, I was like, wait a minute, I'm not good at anything else. So uh, <laughs> I, uh, that's why I want to be an actor, because like, I got to stick to it. I got to see what happens, you know? <laughs> I get it. I feel like it's that way for a lot of artists. You're like in it and then you're like, wait a second, I, I don't actually have any other skills. I have to do this. <laughs> no, no. Well, I, I can do like a million different things. I'm, I, if you've ever, um, I'm sure everybody works side jobs or whatever. Yeah. For like 10 years, I had so many different side jobs. And I remember being like, if I just stuck to that, like that I could do it easily, right? But then I was like, you know what? I might as well just put my time and energy into this thing and see what happens, you know? Yeah. I love that you brought up that Home Alone was such like a pinnacle experience for you as a child. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, you know, we all have that like one performance that we watched when we were a kid that we were like, man, I want to do that. You know, for me, it was yeah, like Kate yeah. Winslet in Titanic. I was like, yeah, that's me. Ugh. I want to do that. What about the parent trap? Remember the parent oh, trap? Oh, parent trap was brilliant. I mean, my God, yeah. it was great to watch that. And you were just like, can I do that too? Yeah, but I actually have a, I have a, I have a twin brother. So I remember uh, we were watching this when I was younger and I would be like, oh, wow, we could totally do this. Like, no, no, we can't. But like, it was so funny. I watched, we watched that show or that movie. My dad had maybe 10 VHS tapes at his house. Yeah. And so we just like recycled through all of them over and over and over <laughs> in the middle of the country. So um I pretty much know every line of that movie, uh, but I, yeah, and I just remember watching that and being like, how lucky, you know, to get to play like that, get to yeah. be uh, in a movie like that, yeah. Oh my God, you have a twin brother, so does, is he in the arts as well, or did he follow a more traditional career path? Oh God, no, he like he wants nothing to do with it. Um, <laughs> I, remember, I remember somebody asked me a question, like, what's his name? I was like, nah, I can't. No, nope, <laughs> not even saying it. I'm not going to give the name away. I don't want anybody searching him because he will he will kill me. So, like, <laughs> we'll let him do his thing. I'll do my thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's very cool. So you grew up in, where did you grow up? You said you were in the country a lot? Well, so uh, my parents divorced when I was like uh, two, so... I don't remember them being together at all, but my dad grew up kind of in the country and my mom grew up in a small city. Mm. Uh, so we were kind of, we were kind of raised in both. Uh, we had Belleville, Ontario and Bancroft, Ontario. Um, so um, Belleville, I mean, it was a big city when I was a kid, right. but I, I think it's got like, I don't know, 45,000. But when you're a kid and you're in the city, yeah, you know, you feel like that's that, a lot. it was huge. And then my dad was in the country. So that was like, you know, four wheelers, fishing, camping, it was a completely different lifestyle than what we had in Belleville. But uh, yeah. that's really interesting. I feel like that's a really cool tool that you were given as an actor, because now you know both of those lifestyles and you're able to adapt in different characters. Um, I definitely, I don't know when it's coming useful to be like, oh, I actually I know how to split wood. I know how yeah. to create, you know, fire. I know how to to go camping or whatever, right? So, like, I kind of, um, not that I'm amazing at all of it, but <laughs> I have a ton of little skills here and there. Yeah. Um, so then when I do get auditions for, for like, rugged whatever, and I'm like, ah, wait, I know who that is. Like, mm -hmm. I can relate to that, you know? So it, it, it's definitely been... Uh, Definitely good to be like, oh, I know, I know how to go fishing. Like, I know how to fish. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. not just uh, standing there trying to throw a line and being like, I don't. Yeah, know. just pretending. <laughs> what this Though is. I would pretend to do a lot of other things, you know. But uh, it's nice when you see something. You're like, oh yeah, I've done that. I can do that. That's easy, you know. And you live in Toronto now, is that correct? 
Yes, I live uh, right downtown in Toronto. Wow. So what was this journey like for you to become a person who moves to Toronto, who pursues a career? How did you find your footing? Oh, I... Have I even found it yet? I don't know. Um, I went to, um, so growing up, even in Belleville, there, there was no uh, connection to the arts, really. Mm. Um, so, like, I would join a community theater, and then I would do, like, Kiwanis Club, I, which is, like, singing competitions. And then, um, like, in high school, I would do theater because that was the only connection we had. Like, we never heard of agents. We never heard of any of that kind of stuff. Um, and then I remember auditioning for... Yeah, this school in Oakville, it's like a specialized musical theater school. Mm. And my, my teacher, my teacher in high school, who was so supportive and everything was just like, that's where the big boys play. So like, don't, don't, don't get your heart broken. You know, Aww. if you don't get in, don't be upset. And I was just kind of like, ah, oh, damn, you know, and then I did it. And then I got in, which was shocking to me. Um, and then, uh, yeah. After that, the kind of next move was to move to, to Toronto after school. And um, yeah, I've been here ever since. However, I, I traveled, I did musical theater for about nine years professionally. So wow. I've been all over Canada and the and the States. And then about five, four, five, I don't know, the pandemic threw me out. But I like, know, time I doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> film and TV. And I was like, I've always wanted to do this. I never knew what the path was to do it, mm. but um so then I just kind of like studied and tried everything I could, failed everywhere, and then um, kind of just fell into my groove the last couple of years, I would say. Mm. But it, it takes a while, I would say, in um, film and TV, as I'm, I'm sure you know, it's like it never, um, theater, it's like if you're good enough and, and they'll hire you, right? If you're, if, you're, if you're the best for the role, they'll hire you. In film and TV, it's like pay your dues for 300 years and then maybe we'll give you a chance, you know, and you're like, ah, okay. Okay. Here we go. That's so true. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about your musical theater experience because it's, it's quite interesting to have someone on the show who has done tours. I think it's, it's such a wild lifestyle for people who don't realize how intense it is. And I wonder if you could share maybe a little bit about that and what the hardest production was that you, you toured with. Uh, I actually, I only toured one. Um, the other ones I would like, yeah, they, would, they would hire you and then fly you to wherever you need to be, mm. but you would do the, the show there for the three to six months or whatever. Right. But um, the, the one tour I did, they called it the, the Broadway tour of Godspell, but um, I think they just wanted to hire Canadians because we were cheaper, you know? So we got all <laughs> like the costumes and all that stuff from, from the Broadway show. But we were all like, yeah, Broadway tour. Like we're, we're doing it. We're the thing, you know? Uh, but to, I was younger when it happened too. So it was all very, very exciting and staying in hotels every night. I loved like mm-hmm. everybody else hated it. I loved it. Like you're not stuck anywhere. You know, my, my ADHD mind was just like, Oh, I, I never have to just be stuck, you know, but you, you really miss your family. Uh, sometimes like, Oh, we don't have, we don't have a break because of traffic. So uh, you're jumping off the bus into the show and you're like, Holy, never quite that bad, but it's Mm -hmm. like, it's by the end you're exhausted. Yeah. You know, like, it's it's fun. Have you have you toured before? Have you toured before? I haven't done um, a tour. I mean, I've done musical theater and I've done yeah. uh, you know regional stuff, but I've never done a tour. And it just seems oh, so yeah. intense. 
It is intense. And not only that, like you're, you've only got the, the one group of people, right? right. And um, so, and you become a family, but within families, there's, there's conflict and you know what I mean? <laughs> so one day you're on top of the world, the next day, like everybody's gossiping about somebody and yeah. everybody's a bad guy at some point. And uh, you, you get to know everyone as, as if they're your family. Um, but it's, it's a life changing. It was a life changing experience. You know, like I met I'm still really close friends with, with a couple of them too. Like we talk on a daily basis. We help each other with self tapes for filming TV roles. So um, one of the best experiences of my life, but also one of the, the most intense, the funniest story. Uh, can I tell you a funny story? Please. Tell you a funny story. Okay. So we were in Houston. Yeah, we were in Houston. Okay. And, um, we all went out to like the strip of the bars one night, right? And I we weren't really drinking that much, but uh, because you're doing the show, you're not eating enough and all that stuff. <laughs> one night, it, I just it was so bad, but I got I got um, I was under the influence, I would say, and I went back to my hotel and I ordered a bunch of like food, <laughs> like chicken, candy. I went down to like and I just bought it all, but I don't remember. And I woke up the next morning and I rolled over. And there was barbecue sauce <laughs> all over me and a chicken strip stuck on my back, clearly because I was sleeping on it for eight hours. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think that was a, I, I think that was the funniest thing that, that's ever happened to me. And I was like, <laughs> it was horror to me because I was like, ah, these, these guys are going to have to clean this. And they're going to be like, what happened? <laughs> like, what did this guy do? But I just, I fully remember and like like imprinted like oh, chicken strip my God. <laughs> anyway that's a that yeah that's a fun wow story. that's a good one yeah very good one <laughs> i just can't even and like you barbecue said, the, sauce everywhere the poor maids. like a murder scene i was gonna say the poor maids went in there and called the police immediately yeah and i went down and i was like uh you know the next day i'm like hi um would you mind like cleaning the bed and room, whatever it was. And they're like, sure. By the time you get home from the show, like it'll be done. I got home from the show and it's just still barbecue sauce everywhere. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh no, I have to go back to be like, hi, um, can you, can you please like, clean it? I don't think I can sleep in the condition it is. So I actually stood there while the maid came in and changed everything. And I'm just like, oh no. Oh my God, <laughs> the horror. I can't. Oh, so Jesus. funny. Um, well, you mentioned <laughs> that the pandemic kind of helped you shift into film and TV. Um, I'm wondering what it was like for you. I mean, do you remember like the first time that you were on a, a bigger set and you were like, wow, this is really happening. Here we are. Um, yeah. What, what was it? I think it, it, it was Titans. Mm. I, and yeah. Um, and uh, it was like a smaller role, like a day player or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I just remember showing up and it was so, everything was so like military because COVID was kind of fresh. Yeah. And um, you didn't get to talk to anybody. Like you were thrown into your trailer and you had to wear a mask everywhere. And, uh, you know, everybody thought I was an extra because like I was just thrown everywhere. And then all of a sudden they're oh, no. like, oh, you have blinds. Come on over. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, and like it's chaos. Right. And, yeah. and there's drivers driving 10 different people. And, and I, I just, and it was outside too, in the middle of winter. Mm. Um, so like that was, that was a point in, uh, during COVID that was like, Oh, the industry's changed. Like yeah. it's very, very different now. And, um, 
thankfully we're, we're coming out of that now but it, it after that it was like okay that's a, it's a different world we got to kind of get used to it you know yeah and i feel like there's a lot of different things that are going to stay right i mean i i think that like people aren't going to be so lenient with even just like catering like don't scoop your own food don't you know have bowls of m&ms sitting there where everybody puts yeah. their hands into it i think it's just there's yeah. going to be like certain things that will stick post panorama like everything panorama <laughs> yeah um like everything uh, was kind of like portioned off into like those little yeah um, sauce <laughs> little containers top. right yeah there's no more communal food at all like uh -uh. everything you you order and then they bring it to you in your trailer um even like visiting people visiting set right yeah it used to be a thing and and it's not anymore you, you kind of have to do it on your own um however they did they did lift the screening ban here now or the screening here I don't know about LA, but um, you don't have to test for COVID every day mm -hmm. now. Um, so maybe that's lifted and people can visit, but they're still pretty strict now, I think. Yeah, uh, we, in terms of who. we got rid of the return to work agreement as well. It's over. So we don't have to oh, test okay, for anything, okay. which is nice. But also, I don't know. I just feel like scary. it's a little yeah. scary, right? Like you're still going to be like, mm -hmm. wait a second, should I test? I think that like most productions now are saying like, we'll have tests ready for you in case you're feeling yeah. sick and you want to take one. But it's definitely interesting mm -hmm. to watch, you know, this new era arise. Um, how is it in Canada with auditions? Are you guys back in rooms at all yet? Or is it still all self-tape? Yeah, we're not. We're not back in room at all. Um, not in Toronto anyway. Um, but um, I, truthfully, I don't... I, I, I would be so bad back in the room. I don't know how to do it anymore, right? <laughs> so, like, I'm happy that I get to do a tape a few times and not just, like, once and then screw it up and then never get hired again, you know? Yeah. So, for me, I, I, I prefer the self-tape uh, route, but I know a lot, of, a lot of actors, especially if they were super successful before the pandemic, really like to go in and make that connection with the casting director and, and build from there. But uh, personally... I don't ever want to go back in. You know, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I would, I would like make a compromise and say, if I could do like a zoom audition, then I'd be fine. Because I think what I've yeah. missed is the ability to ask questions and get to yes. know yeah. more, get more information from it. Like I have a, I have somebody that I follow on Instagram recently post something about how they had to do a self tape for something. And, um, you know, all this information was missing from the character that you could have asked within the room. And then the show comes out and they see it. And it's like they realize the character was a sex worker and it wasn't in any of the lines. Yeah, and you're like, wait yeah. a second, I, my performance would have been so much different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That I that is key. I, um, I I would say like callbacks do the, do those live if you can now yeah. or uh, or. Uh, uh, do it on zoom mm -hmm. that way you can do all that um but yeah i i've had an issue i've had similar issues where you don't get any breakdown at all right mm -hmm. and i'm playing like i'm playing like a cocky version of this character when all of a sudden they're, they're like this meek shy and you're like oh I, that <laughs> I was I completely that off one, you know? base <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and you read it and it could go either way you know yeah. we have big imaginations as actors so you read a script you can literally turn it into whatever yeah right? Um, maybe not everything, but it, so to have to like narrow in on like one kind of solid character mm -hmm. can be really hard sometimes, especially when there's no communication. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back. 
Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And back to the show. Which leads me to, I love asking actors what their personal process is with breaking down characters for an audition. Is Do you have like certain things that you always abide by? Is it a case-by-case scenario? How do you do it? Um... I don't, I don't really know. My, I, it's a tough question. I, I would say that, I mean, obviously bringing elements of myself to every single character, I can read a character now and be like, you know what? I, somebody can do this better than me Mm. and understand. So with that, I'll take the liberty to, to go crazy with it. Right. Um, Cause they're not going to hire me for this role. I, I know that. So then I'll just go and show something completely off the wall. Like, and then see what happens kind of thing, right? Um, but I, I guess in terms of process, um, and here's another thing, you spend days and hours and weeks on some auditions, yeah. right? And like you pour your whole heart and soul in them, into them, and then you get like, oh my God, that was great, nothing. And then <laughs> you, like even glamorous, I think I, uh, I my my first audition, I was I canceled and then I was like, uh, somebody else called me and they're like, hey, are you doing this audition? I said, no, I, I canceled it because I have to jump on a, a train to a wedding in three hours. And they were mm. like, I think you should do it. So then I literally spent 45 minutes on it and that's all. Never came up with anything. And then look where we are, you know? So it just, it's it's hard, right? When you invest so much time in ones and in some of them and then nothing and then you barely look at the script in others and then it's like well you're booked <laughs> so yeah I mean I think there's like a fine line be- between like you know not having enough information and spending enough time with it but then also spending too much time with it and getting too attached and then putting all of your eggs in that basket and then 
being extremely disappointed when it doesn't work out for you. You can be, it's heartbroken. Yeah. You learn that though. I, I'm old now. I'm not going to say how old, but like I'm, I'm, I'm old. So I've gotten so used to it that it doesn't really affect me at all anymore. Yeah. I'll get like bummed, but I remember in my twenties, I'm still in my twenties. I remember (laughs) (laughs) in my early twenties. I remember a few years ago. (laughs) Last week, actually. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Where it was just like, so heartbreaking. Like it crushed you and you you really have to be a strong person. Right. Mm -hmm. And even when you're a strong person, sometimes it's like, if you don't hear anything for the long enough, uh, for a long enough time, it's still, it's crushing, you know? So, yeah. Well, you brought up Glamorous, so let's talk about this. Um, it's a brand new yeah. series on Netflix starring Kim Cattrall, and um, tell me what that audition process was like, but also tell me about the show and your character, and I just want to know everything. I'm so excited. Sure, yeah. Um, I'll start with the audition process. So like I said, I um, was going to, I canceled it, well, canceled it, and then decided to do it, and then I submitted it, and I was like, I will never be brought back in by this casting director ever again. <laughs> I was like, but I was like, I don't, it, I don't have time to care right now. So like, I was like, I'm done. I'll never be hired. It's fine, whatever. And then I went to a wedding and then uh, I actually went to Italy. So last year we were in Italy. So you know what you do in Italy? You eat, right? So eat like and drink wine. And pizza and, and wine yeah. everywhere, right? And I'm sitting on this patio and then I, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like wanting to work. So I text my agent talking about like this, this like four liner that I auditioned for. And I was like, Hey, did you hear about this one yet? Cause that one was really good. <laughs> and she was like, no, but I heard from glamorous. And I was like going through my phone. I'm like, which one's glamorous, which one's glamorous. And because, uh, I, a series regular on a Netflix show, CBS produced, I was like, it, it's not going to happen anyway. Right. Not with my, not with my, uh, my short history and film and TV. Right. And I looked up, I was like, no way. And then I looked it up, I was like, oh, oh, he's going to have to be shirtless a lot. And I'm sitting there with a pizza <laughs> in my mouth. And I was like, ooh, okay, you know, in Italy. And I'm like, okay, okay. And they're like, oh, and your callbacks uh, in like five days. And mm. I was like, oh, cool. Over Zoom. And like, what time? Ended up being like 9 p.m. in Italy. And uh, what was it, three or four? I don't know, but um, in LA. And I was in Venice when the day that the, the callback happened in this like really, really bad hotel. Like it was very <laughs> sketchy, right? Yellow walls, like no light that didn't look like it was in a horror film. Um, oh my God. And then, and uh, we didn't bring any lights, right? We just got backpacks because we're, we're doing, we're doing Italy. And then, <laughs> about to do this audition and my there's no light so my face is just flat against this yellow background <laughs> and i'm like this is not meant for me it's not supposed to happen right so then um did the audition like 20 minutes later my agent was like hey they really like you uh you have a chemistry read next monday and i was like what like how <laughs> why, why did they like me <laughs> like um but then uh yeah this is a long story and then i um I got the the final chemistry read was a week from that audition, mm. which was the day after we got back from Italy. Oh my god! <laughs> However, our flights got delayed, right? And then we got stuck in Montreal, and they didn't have anything like our plane left from Montreal to Toronto without any of the passengers on it. 
So like it, I, I had three hours of sleep by the time I got home and they're like, I'm not a very mean or confrontational person, but I remember like twitching. My eye was twitching. I'm sitting at the desk. I'm like, hi, we need to get me home because I can't, I'm not doing this call back in the airport, you know, yeah. this, this chemistry read the airport. So I slept three hours, got up and then did the audition and the rest is history. The final callback or the chemistry read, I guess. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay. Now about Glamorous. So basically, um, it, it follows the storyline of uh, a queer wannabe makeup artist, uh, makeup influencer named Marco, who finds himself in the corporate world of makeup, working under Madeline Addison, who is played by uh, Kim Cattrall, of mm -hmm. course, at Glamorous by Madeline. It's uh, really fun. Like, the show is really, really fun. I kind of come in and cause a little bit of drama, a little bit of chaos. Hey! But, um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's what you got to do, right? That's what you got to do. So uh, basically, myself and Marco, we have this kind of uh, random encounter, which then turns into a game of cat and mouse. Mm. And yeah, that's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> the trailer feels very like the devil wears Prada meets Gossip Girl, and I am living Ugly for Betty. it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, here's the thing. The trailer doesn't show much. Like, right. I was pretty shocked because um, it's very good. Like, it tells exactly what it needs. The trailer is exactly what it needs to be. However, like, there are some incredible characters that don't even make an appearance in the trailer. And so I'm really, really excited for people to actually watch mm. because it's not necessarily what you just see in the trailer. I mean, nothing is, but, like, <laughs> there's so much more to it than what's in the trailer. So. Oh, so exciting. What Yeah. What yeah. was it like for you to um, be a series regular for the first time? How was that experience? Uh, wild. I, I just, um, truthfully, I didn't think uh, as a Canadian actor uh, that um, opportunities like this don't really happen. Mm. Um, I mean, any actor, I guess, like it's really, these are really hard to book. Um, obviously, being in Canada, where it filmed in Toronto, where it filmed the, the, the I had a better chance, I guess. I don't know, but um, it was it was amazing having your own trailer, yeah. like having <laughs> access to food all the time, and like when you walk on set, you're not like a prop where you yeah. know you're, you're kind of used to that being being a guest star or whatever in other TV shows, um, but like everybody knows your name. They're so attentive and whether it's real or not, I loved it. You know, I'm just sitting here like it was to see my headshot on the wall when you walk in and, and as part of the main cast, you're like, wow, like I did a thing, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I forever grateful. Um, I think hopefully it kicks off a pretty stellar career. Um, um, it's, it was just, I don't know. I, it, I miss it. Like I, I still Aww. miss it. I miss the cast. They're all incredible people. Um, and for a first experience in such a large role to, to get to work with such amazing people. Um, I really, really lucked out. I really lucked out. Oh, that's so exciting. I cannot wait to watch it. And I hope you guys get a season two as well. Um, yeah. 
Well, on the show, we like to share bad or embarrassing or um, auditions of the ones that got away. And I know you've shared a couple stories already, but do you have any other stories you'd like to share with the listeners? <sighs> Where do we start? Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll give you, I'll give you one fun one. Okay. Um, so we were, there's this, um, do you know the musical Chicago, obviously? Of course. Um, yeah. Um, so I'm not a dancer, but in order to get through to the singing calls or whatever, you had to dance. And I'm wearing these jazz shoes that are basically rubber. Um, and then the dance floor is basically rubber, right? Um, cause it's the, like in the back of a theater somewhere. This isn't like a dance studio, right? Um, <laughs> And I don't know how to turn and where to put my body weight and all that stuff, but I was giving her because I was like, I'm going to be in Chicago, right? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and then I did this like twist thing and then my kneecap went to the other side of my leg. Like it like dislocated, a dislocated kneecap. I don't know, but it like hopped out and went to the other side of my leg. So then when I went to like kick my other leg forward, it just didn't move. So I fell and I was like, what happened? And I looked down, I don't have a kneecap. And I was like, what is going on? Oh and everybody's god. like, oh my god, stop. Everybody's rushing out. They're the, all the dancers standing along the hallway. I'm still sitting here being like, what what just happened? I don't know what happened, right? And then people are like treating me as if like I just died. Right? Yeah. Like, oh my god, let me help you. I'm like, I'm fine. Like I don't feel anything, but like what is going on? Because it's state of shock, right? And then uh <laughs> oh my god, it's so embarrassing. And then they have to call the ambulance and they have to pull in this stretcher right and i'm talking like 50 60 people standing out in the hallway like kind of looking in like being like oh is he okay is he okay half the people being like yes like i have a better chance right and you're sitting there being like oh my god you know first of all i wasn't gonna book it anyway but then to ruin my leg for it um <laughs> and then they bring in this stretcher and the guy goes did you try popping it back in? I was like, no. He's like, well, the longer you leave it, like, popped out like that, the longer the healing time. And I was like, then why didn't you come faster? (laughs) (laughs) We called you so long ago, right? So then they popped it back in, um, put me on, (laughs) put me on the stretcher. And I'm rolling out, literally, (laughs) and all these people just standing, being like, oh, like, I hope you're okay. And I'm just like, beat red, embarrassed. Like, it doesn't hurt or anything. And I was just like, Hey, like these guys like enjoy your dance call like have fun like the most <laughs> the i worst, am but also shocked <laughs> that's just the beginning like my life is crazy so uh maybe i just maybe i just attract that kind of energy yeah you attract the chaos i attract the chaos but once you find comfort in it you know it's, it's great <laughs> wow i can't even imagine and also like i feel like you know other dancers should have known to pop your knee back in right like they were out to get you by not doing it those, those they were sketchy they were like mm, we're gonna ruin him we don't want him doing any more theater because we want the job i get it yeah i, I got a list if oh. you're listening, if you're listening, I got a list. We have a list here. I, I don't have a list. <laughs> I don't have a list at all. But uh, I, I just, it was awful. And then I had another show like six weeks later that I had to start. No, it was three weeks later. It was like just after. Um, and I called the director. I was like, hey, like, I don't think I could do the show. And she was like, why? I was like, I popped my kneecap. Like, I'm, I'm in a brace right now. And she was like, I don't care. Just be funny. I was like, okay. Oh, wow. Heck yeah. yeah. Love her. <laughs> 
Yeah, same. Yeah, she's been brilliant for me. But Amazing. Yeah. Well, that was a fantastic story. Truly top notch. <laughs> Great one. Um, yeah, to relive that one, it was so long. That was like 10, 12, 13 years ago. 12. I don't know. When oh, you I'm were 12, right? When you were 12? <laughs> when I was 12. Yeah. When I was 12. It was a children's production of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> totally. That makes sense. <laughs> Oh my God. Um, well, I've had such a great time talking to you. I'm so excited for Glamorous. How can people follow you on social media to stay up to date with all your stuff? Uh, my social, I'm only on Instagram and it is at Grammy Cardiff, G-R-A-M-M-Y-C-A-R-D-I-F-F. Um, and that's all I got because <laughs> Facebook, Twitter is too much for me. I don't have the time. I get it. I get it. <laughs> well thank you again for coming on it has been so fun and uh i hope you guys get another season of glamorous i hope it all goes super super well Uh, thanks a lot It it was nice chatting with you thanks again to graham make sure to check out glamorous on netflix now tune in next week for another fun conversation with my friend chris mulkey and as always thanks for coming in Once upon a time, there was a girl who dreamed of flying through the stars, who dared to resist injustice, who lived to a beat and a rhythm that was all her own. Her name was Chloe, Frida, Oprah, Celia Cruz, Josephine, Greta, Ruth, Alice. One day, she wondered, could today be the beginning of something new? This was her one opportunity to do something, something big. So that's exactly what she did. Along the way, she discovered that she wasn't alone. Her body felt strong, her mind sharp. She was prepared to work as hard as it took. Her words were making a real change, and she felt powerful. I'm Gail King. I'm Andrea Day. I'm Diane Gibbons. I'm Lindsay Vaughn. I'm Jamila Jamal. I'm Anita Hill. I'm Brenda Chapman. I'm Alana Glazer. And this is Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio.